Welcome to The Life of Ice, the podcast that celebrates the creativity and supportive community within the world of art. I'm your host, Tyson Martin, and on this podcast, we will be hearing the artist's stories, what drives our creativity, the benefits it has on their mental health, and why they are supporting the community over competition movement. On this episode of the podcast, our guest is Alfonso Villion. Alfonso is a talented photographer based in Vancouver, British Columbia, and we sit down and chat about his current and future projects, the gear he uses, his thoughts on the state of the photography community, and the pitfalls of social media. Thank you for tuning in, and let's get to the show. Well, my name is Alfonso Villalon. I go by Alvalario. Um, one of the main reasons why I call myself Alvalario is a um, Tagalog word. In my language, that means uh, spirit doctor, spirit healer. So a lot of my um, family members on my mom's side was in that kind of field of work, which is, okay. you know, being a... Uh, and for me, I feel like it aligns with me and my art because in a way it's kind of like healing in a sense. And that's why I connect a lot with that name. For others, it's like, oh, it's not really like a brandable name. But honestly, I did not care in the end. I feel like that's what really matters is what I think about it. Um, but yeah, I've been a passionate photographer ever since I was seven years old from my father. Um, he actually introduced me to the art itself since it was his um, personal passion outside of him doing his business. So it was, yeah, it's, I, I shoot a lot of fashion, portrait. Um, I also got into fine art photography, working with Hajime Soriyama, a famous contemporary artist from ja uh, Japan. So Al, let's uh, let's give him a little feedback. Let's uh, let's let him know how we met, um, what our plans are to uh, to do some work together in the future. Um, and uh, I want to hear more about this uh, this this project with the sculpture that you you're you're selling some prints for. Uh, so let's start there. Uh, Al and I, we we met at a local camera shop. Al was my go-to. He's my go-to guy, super knowledgeable, uh, never led me wrong. Um, we have some plans for the future of the Life of Fice podcast. Uh, Al's going to be coming in as a co-host, so he can uh, he can go and talk to some people at events that I can't can attend, and and then we'll sit down and we'll we'll join interview a few people, and, and we're just going to see what we can do with this this podcast structure. Yeah. So currently, I am selling prints uh, in collaboration with Hajime Soriyama since I photographed a bunch of his pieces when he had his in installation here in Vancouver. I am selling prints from variety of sizes from small um, five by sevens to even 24 by 36 pieces. I've, in fact, the bigger pieces have sold more. Um, I have a limited release of uh, 25 prints per size. So it's going to be a pretty interesting uh, endeavor for sure. Um, right now, I like, you know, with the collaboration, I also do provide um, a lot of like value onto it. It's a one-to-one -one art piece. Like nobody else is going to have that same kind of print that you have. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, uh, so far, so good. I will be doing a more formal uh, rollout of it in the next coming weeks. Can't, can't wait to see it. And these are all going to be uh, have certificate of authenticity, correct? They're all going to be stamped, limited edition. No other avenue for someone to collect this. Is this going to be on his website or any of his his platforms is he going to help so, promote it 
Um, basically, I'm going to be doing everything myself since um, he, we had a conversation about it. And in his eyes, he, I like it's basically my art since I did photograph his piece because it is a physical piece. And I photographed it in a way that it looks like digital art. So um, in his perspective, I have full control. Um, but he wants to support me as a young artist. So obviously, I will be um, doing a personal rollout. Everything's going to be on me. Um, unfortunately, he won't be really promoting it as much since it's not really an art piece that he did paint because he is a painter and sculptor, but he will be open to um, sending me authentication papers, which is provided on each purchase. Yeah. Fantastic. That's that that's makes those prints so special. You know, people people understand then that it is it is a limited run. Uh, what did what did you shoot it on? The GFX fifty R, and I actually shot it with vintage glass too. So I shot it with the not the forty five, but the fifty millimeter one four because the 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 situation was very low light, no flash. It was all natural lighting. Um, I had an like I I had a physical star filter in front to create the flares and. Yeah, it was. It turned out crazy. Like I did not expect them to look that good. <laughs> and no, I'll I'll attest they they turned out phenomenal. You know, I'm a big fan of your work anyway. Um, but I didn't realize you used a star filter. That's yeah. So no, yeah, no Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, you don't hear that very often though. The star filter. I mean, I ordered some a long time ago by mistake when I was trying to learn Astro. I was like, oh, star filter, thinking it was for the stars. But you yeah. Know, I, I learned quickly I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, like a great. No, well, you know, we always we always make make those funny decisions and we think we know what we're doing, but we really don't because this this craft is constantly about learning. Exactly. So what what do you have coming up in the in the near future when and what uh what can we look forward to? Um actually, um near future wise, I will be um planning a uh trip to the philippines i'm gonna going to be documenting my my home country um this year definitely this year um i have a bunch of people lined up a bunch of uh local uh, filipino artists when it comes to the art space um a lot of painters fashion stylists and even like street gangsters and take photos of them on black and white um but basically just documenting my home um i didn't like my the last time I did go back there and extensively do it, I was planning to, but due to the pandemic, I got locked down into my own house and didn't really get to do much. So um, to finally conclude that um, project, I will be doing that this year. Also, I'm in the talks with a uh, um, fine art um, company. So they have uh, inventory of high-end fine art that they will be touring around the world not exactly sure when that's going to happen but they said they want me to photograph for that so stay tuned on that one but we're going to be going all around the world um they have no details yet where but it's going to be definitely outside north america that's for sure um but yeah that's pretty much a bunch of the stuff that i'm working on and also releasing my own photo book um uh, fully 35 millimeter photo book um, no digital shots uh, that one's going to be this year as well 
I'm going to be releasing that street photography um, aspect of things. So, yeah, a lot of things in the works right now. Fully rebranding my website and um, going to get into YouTube. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, that's, that was something I was going to ask you about because you've put a few tutorials up uh, on Instagram and they've just blown up. You know, you do it in that's a way right. that you do it in a way that it's fun. It's unique. Um, and it makes makes people want to go shoot. You're not sitting there telling them what to do. You kind of show it in a process that makes it uh, makes it easy to understand and, and makes us want to go out and try to capture those moments because, you know, uh, you nailed you nailed the the one I remember is in the in the Skytrain station. Um, I mean that 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 whole set was amazing. Um, do you plan to do more of those? Yes, most definitely will be uh, releasing more short form content like that. Um, uh, the next um, like once uh, the Harmon Phoenix roles get developed, I am releasing a video of my feedback about how the the first ever colored film that Harmon slash Ilford finally released. Um, that one's going to be quite interesting. So I'm going to be kind of just giving a full breakdown on what I think. Because um, nice. the, the film does have a lot of quirks. It's kind of like Kodak Gold, except it's got way more personality to it. So it's going to be quite interesting since I captured it in a way that people don't usually do, which is with flash. No, like they, I've never seen any other photographer in on the internet uh, use flash with that film. It's mainly like natural light and stuff. So I'll see how it can handle flash. <laughs> well, that that should be interesting to see. Um, going back to your photo book, are you doing uh, multiple cover releases? You doing a hard cover, soft cover? Uh, um, what's your plan? I think, gonna, I think I'm gonna start with a soft cover first, kind of similar to this one actually. It's kind of like a coffee table book. This is actually one of my only ones that I have. This is my personal one. It's kind of like my highlight of 2024. It's going to be mainly soft cover with a bunch of different genres of photography in there. But basically, yeah. just going to just going to put it all in there. Yeah, those, and, are those, those are yours. Those images there. Yep, all the oh. images you see in this book is mine. So nice. All their acres. You got a bunch of random stuff. The fish in my aquarium. Abandoned cars. cars and uh yeah Skylines. cars yeah <laughs> the abandoned skyline uh garage and then you got the storia and my buddy's Hasselblad. i'm gonna start with soft cover first i feel like that's a good way to start um but eventually i will get into hardcover stuff but the main main difference i have with other people that will be releasing photo books in that kind of format is i will be giving a little tiny negative of one of the shots to yep. each person that buys the the art so anything that you see there like every person gonna have a different negative so um that's cool. gonna be doing that yeah nice are you familiar with uh small tyler i know it's funny but that's his instagram handle he goes by small tyler. I, I think you've told me about him before but i'm not really familiar uh and, with him but so and then he's got another account called drive by baloney okay um, he made a photo book of all like the old school stores and old buildings in Vancouver, all all film. Um, and I'm I'm a huge supporter of local artists. I love I love their work. Um, so I, I picked that up, and it came with uh, just some small small prints of some of the images inside. 
Oh um, wow, that's pretty I just cool. thought it was such a it was just a cool little touch, right? So I think I think you're on the right track with with adding a piece of what you're doing into each book. So sign me sign me up for issue number one. Sounds good. <laughs> um, so you, we've we've touched on how you how you became a, a photographer to you know and how it how it kind of still connects you with your father who unfortunately has has passed away. Yes. Um, and and so do you do you feel like what you're doing um, just continues his love of photography? Yes, I definitely think so. But at the same time, like kind of because the way that I photograph things is that, um, for example, he's mainly into cars and and nature and all that kind of stuff. So I do integrate that to my work. But for the longest time, he didn't really have the capability to get into portrait photography. He does have a lot of kind of photos of himself, however, so he does enjoy being photographed himself but um, he wasn't really the type of person to photograph others. So I feel like I'm extending it in a way. So um, yeah, as you can see here, he's very well documented back home. He's got, I'd say like, I we have like a full trunk of negatives and prints of him. And Amazing. probably probably one day I'll, I'll make his own kind of like memoir website of him and everything he's done one day. Um, kind of compile it and digitize it so people know about him and his legacy and his impact into my country's history since my dad was actually a very influential guy in his time that's cool it's going to be you can imagine what you're going to be able to lay out when you start going through those old negatives what you're going to be able to see and how you're going to be able to piece stories together of history and there's probably yeah. a, lot of, a lot of stuff that nobody's ever seen before no which is crazy like i've seen some like glimpses like little things um for example i, have, I like this one photo of my dad holding a, a freaking ar-15 shooting in the in the coconut plantation which, which is pretty cool and i'd want to get that printed somewhere once i find a negative i'm gonna put that in my wall somewhere that'll be pretty that'll, epic nice that'll be, that'll be <laughs> fantastic um so the, as we were talking and you know the life of Fice podcast came about um through my struggles with mental health and how photography has helped me see a different path and see that there is ways out um as a creative how does how does photography help keep you level and grounded honestly i feel like with photography it's kind of like a meditation in a way um when i go out and shoot street i feel like um like i feel at peace in a way like I'm just one with the camera and I flow with time and I interact with a lot of people of different backgrounds and races and and interests and stuff. And recently, actually, I was like after I had a meeting with a potential client that's wanting to work, um, I went around downtown during one of the snowy days and there were these snowboarders that got out of uh, Cypress, uh, Cypress Mountain and they were like oh can we get a photo if it's possible i was like yeah sure but i'd love to and i actually shot them all with this guy here i had this on my neck and yep. it's so funny one of one of those guys uh, one of the guys they were like just looking at your camera it, it makes me feel like you know what you're doing and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> like i guess so and well, it it goes to that old adage where people are talking about you know the big dslr with the big lens makes you a professional Right. So 
that yours with the dials and the flash and, and the look of it, it, it definitely, uh, which one is that it's one? a head turner. It's yeah. the G2. Okay. Yeah. This here is the head turner. Like I've, uh, everywhere I went, um, with this camera, it's just been like, I've been getting a lot of compliments about it. They're like, Oh, what is that camera? Is that digital? Is that, Oh, it's uh, like, is that a film camera? And I was like, while shooting street, like, um, like I'm excited to see these negatives actually of those snowboarders. So it was in front of the art gallery and there was a lot of snow cover on the steps. So I had this idea. I was like, Hey, why not you ride your snowboard down the steps and I'll shoot it on film flash, fully flash. And they were like, Oh heck yeah, we'll do it. And I don't know how that's going to turn out. I'm not sure if it exposed properly, but I'm just going to trust the process. Um, I overexposed it, so I think it's going to be fine, but that's going to be interesting. I don't think there's any photos of anybody riding a snowboard in front of the art gallery. I don't think so. <laughs> no, which which side? Like uh, ice rink side? The or... front. Okay. The front. Yeah, that's super cool. Down the marble steps. Yeah. Nice. That's going to be epic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I've always liked, liked your process and the way you've done it. I mean, you always have a unique look to your photos. Um. I always think that, you know, I can tell a photo, I can tell your photo as soon as I see it. And I mean, I, I find like that's, a, that's a big compliment to your style. Um, what, uh, what do you do? Like what, what is your outlook when it comes to editing photos? Do you have a process that you follow or do you just feel the photo and edit to that photo? Honestly, if I, I'm not really a believer of presets or anything like that. A lot of my um, peers in my, in the space right now, they tend to, um, use a lot of the presets or they have a certain baked in look. But for me, I tend to go with feeling the photo and just seeing where it would go. Cause I feel like that makes it even more authentic. Cause that's how I process with the shot itself and just matching that with editing makes it a very unique uh, result for sure. Exactly. I mean, I, I myself also have a very unique editing style it's either moody or it's it's super vibrant i love color um i struggle with black and white because black and white doesn't give me what my brain wants to see um i have i i have a preset that that i go i start every photo with um and then i just go i go wild from there you know i i, I like a certain starting point that, yeah. that I create created over the last couple of years. This is where I like to start every photo. It works good with the Fuji files. And then I just run from that. That's right. So, so it's it's neat. It's always neat to see that unique look, right? Like it's nice to see that when you put something out, that one, I notice it right away. I, I recognize it, but I also see that it's not the same every single time you post a photo. You know, yeah. it, you, you don't seem to worry too much about that. Uh, that perceived notion of everything having to be uniform on your, on your pages. Um, you kind of just run with it. And that's, that's very, very cool to see. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like the uniformity of mindset is kind of like not for me. I feel like I just want to have every piece of my art to stand out. And if people like certain things then they can click on that, if they don't like certain things, they can skip it. But, you know, I always want to um, kind of cater to, both how I like it and how others like it too. So just, you know, everybody's got different styles and choices. So yeah, having to let go of caring about like the engagement that you get 
but having kind of like a solid circle of people that you do share your pro your your work to and honestly like if i get like 50 likes in one post but it's all the people that i care about that's what really matters because like 100%. with because those are the people that i see every day those are the people that i see on a constant basis or or I've seen them or met them in person. If I like, if people that I have met in person have has liked my work, and all that, that's what really matters. Because when it comes to getting anonymous, like you know, like strangers from the internet's interactions, like wow, thank you. But what really like kind of made me realize to so, like just let go of those notions to just like focus on the love that people around you um, give your work. Like um, for example, like family, friends colleagues and all that and that's beyond likes man it's beyond social media that's like actual real love that you can get from the people that you surround yourself and that's what kind of helped me let go of that kind of notion of caring about the algorithm and feed and all that stuff and i mean right now um the engagement's going pretty well um it's going up ever since i've released more 35 millimeter posts and ever since the collaboration with Hajime has kind of helped bring back my platform a little bit. And yeah, from then, from then I was just like, you know what, who cares? I'm just going to like throw out my work there. And you know, if it's going to get an engagement, heck yeah. Love it. If it doesn't love it, you know, same thing, like same thing goes like most of my favorite work that I've posted uh, in 2023 have the lowest likes of 2023. And honestly, that doesn't matter because you know why I love it. People around me love it. And that's what really means a lot when it comes to getting that love for, um, for your posts. Cause yeah, like you never know. Cause you never know which photo you're right. As like, as what you said, like there's, there's posts that you didn't like, but you posted it and yet that's getting recognition. The main, the main thing is just posting it, just putting it out there. That's what really matters, just putting it out there and loving each and every single piece of work. Like that's the main focus. And that that seems to be the hardest part for most people is they want to have instant gratification. They want to have they want to have hundreds of thousands of likes and a hundred thousand followers. And and you know, a lot of these people that have this platform and and this following are still in that people offering me exposure for my work. You know, I've, I don't believe exposure pays my bills. I believe selling my prints or, or selling my work or working with a client and doing things like that. That's where I can pay my bills. What's your thought on the, uh, Oh, can you just do it? I'll get you exposure. What is, what is your thought on that process? For me personally, um, the exposure for work type mindset, I, don't necessarily like it like i always charge people that um like you know regardless like the only people that i do not charge are the people that i actually genuinely want to work with um when it comes to collaborations i tend to not like charge them any like dollar or cents um not really a firm believer of exposure for um because yeah as what you said doesn't pay the bills and that's why I don't necessarily do that kind of work. Like, I mean, I've had messages from influencers here in the city that have like millions of followers and they're wanting photos. And I'm like, I, I don't think exposure is going to pay my bills. And, 
and I had to reject those offers. I was like, I mean, hey, if you're willing to like pay for a discounted rate for my kind of for my time, then sure, why not? But you know, those people just you know, it's not gonna pay for the bills. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, our our time is valuable, and you know, exactly. our, our art is worth money. It's 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 our way of creating a business. Our business is the art that we take. Um, and and sitting here and, and being told they're going to get you exposure, you know, it it really doesn't come back. So anybody who's ever had a company, a town, or anyone go, oh, we would love to use your photo for marketing, um, you know, and with recognition, what does a recognition actually bring you? Recognition doesn't bring you anything. You know, I've I've done a lot with the town we live in. I've I've let them use a lot of photos. Uh, and I can tell you from from experience that recognition means nothing. I don't I don't have an uptick in, in really anything, except you know occasionally somebody recognizes you on the street in your town and asks if you took that photo, and you know that's that's kind of where where it gets. It's not it's not giving me it's not giving me a revenue stream. It's not making it so I want to do these things for people. Um, I would love to work with them, but I'd also like to be compensated for my work. Yeah. I mean, I don't go to work every day on my nine to five and just go there for exposure. <laughs> right. I go there for a reason. I go there to, to get paid, to pay my bills and to move, move forward in that. So that's great. So let's, uh, let's talk about your gear. Let's, let's, you know, I don't want to be a gear show, but everybody loves gear. I, I love oh, yeah. gear. <laughs> so let's uh let's let's hear what what your your go-tos are and and your your specialty stuff that you you bring out for special occasions um let's okay. uh, let's hear what you got well um start off my uh trusty daily is uh contacts g2 uh, it's got the 28 millimeter f2.8 zeiss lens on it uh, street photography essential. Um, this camera is my favorite camera um, when it comes to street and just carry around. This flash here, don't let the size fool you. This flash is amazing. Uh, it's got a, on the top of the flash, it you can switch it between the 28 millimeter focal uh, length, bring it down to the 45, 35, and the 90. So this covers full range of pretty much anything I need. Um, it's also good for other uh, of my film cameras, like my Contax RX. This one is a uh, limited edition um, year of 2000 uh, model. Um, it's the one of one. Um, I don't think anybody's got the same kind of colorway since uh, back in the day when if you for you to order one of these, you had to spent at least 30 to 40,000 USD on contacts gear back in the nineties. And they gave you a little mail-in flyer for you to make one of these and then they give it to you for a price. But yeah, um, basically this, this G one is my favorite street photography carry around film camera right now. Um, and then since I spoke about the RX, got the contacts RX, they're both made in the same year, so they have similar um, internals. The only main difference, this doesn't autofocus. This one does. Um, 
the contacts RX uh, has this very unique feature called the digital focus indicator, which this thing does have for its manual focus. It's kind of like a scale on the bottom of the viewfinder, which tells you how off you are with your focusing. And then once it hits to the middle, that that means you know you're in optical uh, perfection when it comes to focusing. So uh, this is pretty much my go-to portrait um, studio film camera. Um, I mount all my contact Zeiss lenses onto it. I have my full contact Zeiss collection from the 28, the 35, 45, 50, 17, 14. Um, I even have the 85, 14, which is some pride and joy. Let's pull it out right now. Well, this one is probably the one of the best looking lenses that I have. It's literally a glass beast. <laughs> I it's like that one. In, yeah, this one has a unique character to it. It has the Ninja Star bokeh, and I love it. Honestly, it's got very punchy 3D look to it because of the T-Star coating. But yeah, all my cameras use the contact Zeiss mount, even my digital. So I use the GFX 50R, 50 megapixel sensor. It's uh, my favorite uh Basically, it's kind of odd. I say this, not a lot of uh, um, photographers that shoot this camera would say this is their walk around. This is my walk around digital. <laughs> uh, uh, especially paired with the 45-2.8 small pancake lens, but don't let the size fool you is what I always say. This lens here is phenomenal. Um, covers the full sensor area of the GFX, which is huge. And with the with the contact Zeiss optical performance, it's just sharp for for its time. This lens was made in the seventies. It performs even blows my mind. Even performs yeah. better than even modern lenses. To be honest, um, the only native GFX lens I do have is the fifty three five, but that thing's just patching dust i don't necessarily use it a lot i don't really like how it looks but the native gfx mount that i always use a lot is the Miticon 65 f 1.4 this is the go-to gfx portrait lens um if you like once you shoot gfx and then you shoot with this lens you're never going to go back um this lens here has the punchy depth of field look that old Pentax 6.7 cameras have. So this lens here is worth the money. Fantastic. Um, is that a, is that a Cinebloom filter on the front? Yep. It's the moment filter. I have oh, it on the front. What, uh, what percentage? I just use it. Not crazy, but I do higher level. I have the twenty percent too, but I mainly use the ten percent. I like that subtle look. But I do have the crazy freaking twenty percent. That one's just insane. <laughs> I, I, that, that's the one I have. I also have a whole bunch of quarter, quarter stop. Just there's something about it. I just I love the way it looks. I uh, it, I need I need to get that GFX at some point. That GFX is uh, is on the list. Uh, but right now, I'll just have to have to settle for the X Pro Two and the Fujicrons. 
but they don't let me know ever you know oh no the x pro series is great i love the fuji x mount series um i am i love it um yeah so i mean i've that's and i also have a bunch of other stuff here too this one is kind of like novelty it's not really something that i use a lot um i have this old rts from the 70s contacts rts this one's got the 517 i use the 517 for walk around stuff this camera is great i haven't shot a roll through it i should but um I feel like there's certain things that I have to work on. It's got a sticky shutter, so it does need work. Um, I have more stuff here. <laughs> this, I have this beast, the Contax RX. This is one of the only film cameras that can autofocus manual focus lenses. This thing is weird. Like, uh, very interesting camera for sure. I can mount any manual focus lens onto this. And it will move the film plane forward and backward to make it focus, which is quite interesting. That is, that is interesting. It's a good story. It'd be kind of interesting to do a whole run of a series just with one camera and how it how it works and and you know, kind of do a write-up and explain what's happening and why it works. And I I just I love that kind of stuff. It's you know, you get into the technology and the and the the lack of tech, but there's lots of tech, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's interesting. That camera is quite interesting because it even has a macro mode, so it brings the film plane forward and turning any lenses that you have into a macro lens, which is quite interesting. Yep, yeah, that's interesting. I that, I didn't know anything about it. That's fantastic. And this here is a pretty fun. This one here is the Kiev Four uh, B, I think, or Four M. I'm not exactly sure what it's called, but it's a uh, Ukrainian copy of the Contax 2. So I can I can put any Contax lens that is for the Contax 2 mount onto this guy. Oh, so cool. Soviet copy. Um, this camera here is freaking fantastic. I've shot a roll through it, but um, I it was a test roll, so it wasn't really worth releasing, but I will be doing a more um, in-depth kind of work with this camera since, I don't know, it's just a cool, quirky camera. It's kind of like the the grandfather of my G2. It's got similarities to each other. Um, same size, same weight. It's actually quite interesting how generations can really it, it change it a piece of tech and this yeah. one here is a handcrafted um beauty right here um, so yeah like um but yeah this here is kind of like my quirky camera i have my nikon 3100 here one of the first ones that i like first cameras i started with it's in the back nice i have a minolta in the corner i don't really want to pull that out it's kind of banged up and I got my Yashica FX3 Super 2000. But yeah, mainly my collection is uh, film cameras. Um, but yeah. It's interesting. So the, so you're you're obviously a big Contax fan. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, 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 <laughs> that's, 
You can tell. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I'm still what they consider a rookie in this. I've only been shooting for five years. So for me, I started I started in the Fuji space. It's my very first actual camera was an X-T3. Um, and obviously fell in love. And I've tried every other brand to see if there was something that I was missing. Uh, problem being is I'm never satisfied. I'm my worst critic. Um and, you know, for me, battling my own criticism of my work, even when people, you know, tell you, oh, it's great. I always, you always have that, that what if, what if I had this, what if I had that yeah. sensor, you know? Um, so it's, it's kind of neat to see that you can see your contacts line up and how much that means to you and the excitement it brings to you and that you, you're, you're already so at peace with that body that and those Zeiss lenses that you're just ready to rock. Like you don't have to stress about the other stuff. And I can attest, I've, I've bought full frame. I've gone back to APS-C. I went to another full frame. I went back to APS-C. Um, I've left Fuji four, four separate times looking for, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. And every mm -hmm. single time I end up right back at, at Fuji. Um, their color science, the way it works it's it just works for me we'll talk a little bit about um you know give a little bit of feedback on on community over competition which is super big to me um i truly believe that healthy competition is fantastic but the competition and backstabbing that's shown in this industry all around the world is is actually quite disgusting um people yeah, telling other people people telling other people that they should quit people telling other people their photos suck um as artists no one can tell you your work sucks because yeah. art is a is a solo mindset it's a solo craft so when when i look at community over competition i look at the fact that i don't care what your art is or what your creative outlook is i'm going to i'm going to support you no matter what it is i'm going to help help you show your work i'm gonna be pumped on you for your successes i'm gonna be there when we all have failures you know we can high five and laugh about it at the end but then i want you to you know the more we can get together the more people can wake up the next day and still be stoked on the work they're creating that is I correct don't want, i don't want to see people constantly have uh, have to fight not only their own insecurities about putting their work out, but now they're fighting insecurities that other people created for them. You know, the platforms of social media are are our worst enemies because everybody can, everybody can tell you you suck, your work is garbage, all this stuff uh, behind behind the keyboard because the the world doesn't work that way in in public. People don't talk that way to people, and and I've tried to started. I hate saying that I started a community because community over competition, that's that hashtag has been around forever, but I really, I, I really just started trying to push it in the creative artistic space. Like, Hey, I'm a fan of your work. I'm going to help support you. And then I've seen it, it, it slowly picks up and it's been starting to trickle through, through quite a bit. And it's got, got some legs to it now. And it, it's, it's not even a pattern. I don't want to pat myself on the back. I just want, everyone to know like there is a group of us that are willing to offer advice if you need it we're willing to if you're doing a show we're willing to get together and drive and come and see your show we're, we're willing to support your craft um what do you what do you think of community over competition 
I personally think that's the best way to approach things. I believe in that too, um, especially with social media and how toxic social media does tend to get. I've gotten quite a huge blunt of that for a majority of 2023. I've heard from a bunch of my peers that, you know, from behind my back that actually one of my friends that I care about and actually support their work talks a lot of crap about my work, which is quite interesting because I show a lot of love to their work, which is not aligning to that community over competition kind of mindset. And it's, it's a shame. And honestly, for me, like, that's why I built a, like, like a photography collective called Fanalog. Me and my friends like started that. So we can all support each other's work and push each other to keep shooting 35 millimeter film and that's that's really the essence of that and you know um i feel like competition yes there's healthy competition but at the same time art is not something that you can really compete in because it's not a sport it's a craft it's kind of like saying oh yeah i'm going to um outpaint you which is quite <laughs> odd you know you know like yeah like, okay, you're going to outpaint me. Okay, you're going to paint something in an hour and then I can paint something in 10 years and see who's going to make the best art. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's we're all artists and we should all just support each other because it's we're not athletes. We're not going to be sitting in a basketball court shooting our photos, right? So it's, yeah, so I do believe in the community over competition and that's and I love what you're doing and especially in threads, seeing the amount of people that are impacted and helped through this kind of mindset. Cause you know, at the end of the day, that's I feel like that's what healthy social media is, is giving a sense of community to each and every person and giving them support. I feel like that's the best side of social media. But obviously, there are a lot of heavy worse sides of social media that we tend to get, like people that focus on instant validation. But community building is the next is the way to go, because that, like having a strong foundation in a community, can move mountains compared to having such a huge um, mindset of ego and competition, and you'll end up just falling off one day. You know. I I agree a hundred percent on threads. I mean, I've 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 had a good steady increase and good collaboration and talks and support and you know been welcomed into Seattle into their street photography get-togethers. You know, so if anybody wants to do that, look up uh, Mike the Legend uh, Raw Plus Seattle. Um, he's phenomenal, and he'll. Uh, He'll get you in and they they are great people they are truly about community over competition i was pretty bummed they shot a, a black panther event on saturday and i couldn't make it down um but they, they're trying to do uh weekly weekly photo walks in seattle which it's only a few that's hours awesome yeah, it's a few hours from us you know i don't i don't mind getting a group of people together crop heading down Shoot. I'd be down. Let me know. Let, let me know. Cause I, I'd be 100%. down to come with you on that. Cause yeah, I've no, never I... photographed Seattle, man. That's no? the only place. Nope. Well, let's, I mean, I've uh... shot live shows there, but not, not an actual street photography um, setting. So, and it is a beautiful city. 
It is a lot of unique uh, architecture, a lot of unique vision. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely we'll get together. Uh, we'll head down. We'll go spend the day with, uh, with the crew down there, uh, capture some, some great moments. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's part of this whole community thing is, you know, I have people coming on, they want to come on here from Australia, Ryan, amazing underwater photographer. Um, not, not the best with names and Instagram handles and last names, but I call him Brian because that's his name. He's, he's a great underwater photographer. I'm going to get him on. Ooh, that's uh, awesome. I have my goal really Al is to, is to go and show that even if you're in a bad spot, your mental health is shot uh, with this group, with a community of like-minded people. We can all help each other see that the end of the day, it's still pretty, pretty awesome to be alive. You know, we're all here to support each other. We're all here to help each other. You know, Hey, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I got this to do. Somebody in the group's going to have an answer because we've all, somebody has been there. They've done that. Um, so, you know, having you support that, that vision and, and think and stuff is, uh, it's very important to me. It's, uh, it's always been important. I mean, FICE stands for photography heals your soul, you know, and that's, that's a second, that's amazing. second incarnation of what FICE was. FICE started uh, life as a fixed gear bicycle brand that my, my best friend and I created. And during, during that time, we didn't have a lot of money. We were just trying to find a way to make a difference. And it kind of just, you know, you have those ideas. They're, they're awesome. They're going. And then all of a sudden it, it trickled out. But I always wanted to make sure I could use that name somewhere. So when I started thinking about names of podcasts, names of a business, um, I really wanted to incorporate it. You know, it started as Vice Photography, Vice Photos, and nothing really connected. So when I when I decided to use Life of Vice, it's not just talking about my life; it's talking about the life of what Vice means. Uh, the The end goal of Vice is I wanted. I want to teach photography to to indigenous communities so they can oh, capture yeah. so they can capture moments on on their land um, within their community that people don't see from the outside. 100 percent yeah yeah I'm a I'm an indigenous man and for me it's very important. my culture is super important um, and there's moments that that are just unreal that nobody gets a chance to capture. So if I can go in and teach them, my way of photography, because my number one rule when it comes to photography is rules are meant to be broken. Um, I don't follow the, any exposure triangle. I don't follow the rules. I just, I just go out and hammer, um, and, and just capture. I want to capture a sliver of time, you know, and that's, that's my outlook on where I'm trying to take this, you know, with the help and support of you coming in to help me co-host, um, having a, a, a different perspective as far as, you know, we, we come from two different generations. You know, I think I'm, I'm probably over, I'm actually probably twice your age at this moment or, or over. Um, yep. And, and my outlook on things may not be the same, but we have this common connection as photographers, as artists, and we can, uh, we can help spread this. And I want us to get to the point where we can start doing, um, We'll start doing some giveaways. We'll start doing some competitions uh, in a healthy way. There is no winner. There is no loser. Everybody gets gets 
a chance to be shown on the website and things like that. Just just to really give people an idea of what it feels like to be front and center. And it's not for yep. likes. There won't be any likes. There won't be any comments on it. It's strictly to get them that time to, to see what it's like. So that maybe give them the courage to to go after a competition if that's what they're into. You know, I've been through the gamut when it comes to shooting photos. I've shot wildlife. I've shot landscape. I've shot architecture. Um, but I'm a gritty street guy. I love gritty street photos. You know, I have been shooting garbage cans, dumpsters in the alley. And I don't know why, but I'm having a great time. <laughs> you know, um, I. it's just, I want people to just show what they love. What means exactly the most to them, so not um, not just what is cool online, but what is bringing the passion to their art. Mm -hmm. You know, so so that's something I'm looking forward to building a lot with you and uh, and everybody else who's who wants to get involved. Um, it's it's I think it has the ability to be different enough that that people might just come on board and realize that they were approaching it the wrong way. You know, I've, I've never sent, said anything negative to anyone. You know, I just did Mike's podcast and he, he's all over the community over competition. He, he shares it all the time. He talks about it. Um, and, and that's, that's really what it's going to take. It's going to take us talking and spreading the word to get, people that understand that there is a group of us that will be here to support and help, you know, that people know you're two months in, don't worry about charging people, just shoot photos, right? Everybody gets their camera, they get their website, they get their screen name and they want to make money, but they don't put in the time to love the craft. Exactly. So, Earlier you were saying like during COVID you were you you were in the Philippines, yep, and you were locked down. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, it was probably a lot more strict over there than it was here. Way more. We're talking about no grocery stores were open. We had to like figure it out, man. Like it was crazy. But one yeah. of the most interesting things, right? Saying it's crazy how you mentioned community over competition. In fact, my story of um, being in the Philippines kind of relates to that quote. And it's not even about photography or art. Um, so I live in a gated community in the Philippines. Very fortunate that I um, inherited that from my father. Behind our um, gated community, so I live in the corner of our gated. So there's like, there's a wired fence, uh, wired um, walls and stuff. So it's 24-7 security. Behind the wall, behind our house, is the slums literally so close by and when everything got locked down um we had a full stock of rice from our from my grandma's farm we had a bunch of fruits and vegetables and fish and all that so we had a pretty decent amount of stuff but it wasn't enough to get by and we were um obviously um you know we had the result to talking to our neighbors so we set up a group chat in a way to let everybody know it's like, okay what does everybody have like we had to pull in together to figure things out like who's got access to this or who's got a nearby farm that we can get resources from to like eat 
Like it's 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 a crazy concept to think about, especially in our society, because right now, you know, we're in a capitalist society, but that moment kind of reset us back to where our ancestors were, which is mainly, you know, what you have. Like it's not the money, it's not all that. It's like, oh, like what like oh, this neighbor here has a fish plantation or fish farm. Oh, this neighbor here's got um a poultry farm. So we were getting eggs from them. So everybody was bartering in a way. And then my grandma had has a rice farm. So we had rice coming in every once in a while. We were just trading rice and food and stuff. And to the people in the slums in the back, we were trading money in exchange for goods like canned goods, noodles, anything like um, like um, toiletries. They had it because they had um, convenience stores in the slums, like little tiny um, convenience stores. And we just ended up exchanging a lot of things. We gave the people in the slums seeds to grow with, and they started making their own farm beside our house, right, right beside the wall. And and back in the day, everybody was like, "Oh, we should be away from the from the slums and all that." But due to the pandemic, it kind of like made that wall irrelevant. Like that's the kind of the essence of that and through that pandemic it kind of made me like being stuck there I was actually supposed to only be there for two months from February to April but I was there for over like six months so I was stuck there till July and and that kind of time really helped me kind of reframe what my purpose is like before i was like you know like like you know i wasn't doing street photography i was doing a lot of like portrait fashion i did vancouver fashion week the year before that i was in my peak like um, i was shooting for a bunch of a-list artists like rappers and stuff and i was planned to get sent out to do tours but after that pandemic kind of reframed my mind and I realized to myself that wasn't really the purpose that really aligned with my goals. Like, I don't want to be known as a photographer that just took photos of rappers. I don't want to be known as a photographer that's a crony of Louis Vuitton. No, I want to be known as a, like an artist. And for me, that's why Saul Leiter is probably one of my favorite inspirations of work it's because he focuses on photographing how he feels and how he looks at things and how he visualizes things and that's what he said there's photography has no rules and he's the prime example he's a rule breaker yes like instead of sorry go on but yeah yeah. what are you saying Uh, i'm just gonna say like i just recently uh found the work of todd heido um and I watched a documentary recently and he was on it and I was watching it once, didn't even think of it, watched it again with my wife. And, and she goes, do you see it? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, your art is just like his. He shoots in the same, or you shoot in the same style he does. And I started looking and I started seeing very big similarities to, we both love moody. We both love a certain look. And and it's crazy when you find that and that inspiration, right? Um, but getting back to the pandemic, I agree with you. For the pandemic for me is when I realized that I could take photos. I was off work for three months. 
And uh, because the first time we had no clue what was going to happen. And I got kids. Yeah. I got a wife. You know, I, I didn't want I didn't want anything to happen to me and leave them hanging. Uh, but that time off allowed me to shoot from sunup to sunset every single day. I mean, our biggest worry was finding toilet paper in North America. Like that legitimately was the gist of the pandemic here. Um, <laughs> and I probably, you know, there's that, that old saying where it, you know, it's, I don't, what did he say? He said, I don't uh, fear the, the man who knows 10,000 kicks. I fear the man who's done one kick 10,000 times. I know I butchered that, but to Bruce Lee quote, and it's true. Yeah. I feel like I put in my time. I put in my 10,000 hours over those three months. And it gave me so much more confidence in my work. And that's where that practice comes in, you know, that practice to to make it. Um, I obviously didn't have anywhere near as big a, a, a change as you had during the pandemic. You know, I could order, I could order food and have it delivered to my house. <laughs> you know, I didn't have to barter. I didn't have to worry. Um, I knew that we'd always have food. And the perspective at the end of it is it it changes us it changes us all it makes us it all realize um that as hard as it was it was probably one of the best things that could have happened yep, exactly it brought it brought yes. my whole family closer together you know when you have a household when there is there's five kids dogs um everything in one small space for that extended amount of time uh, my wife being a teacher, um, they were all home trying to do homeschooling. Uh, we had a bad bout of COVID go through our house, um, trying to do everything we can to create a normal life. And what became normal is what more people need to do. It's that time with family. It's that time watching, you know, you watch TV, but you watch it together. You talk, you laugh, you, you just enjoy the time, right? And time, time doesn't come back. As much no, as people you can't, think I can do it later, we need to figure out a way to to realize it. So yeah, so talk talk about what you think about the Vancouver scene. Honestly, I feel like you're in Vancouver. There's just a lot of street photographers. The scene here, like North America, needs to be aware of the huge street photography scene that we have here, and the main issue. Between like with Vancouver street photography in general is that the community is not together. There's no, um, it's very disconnected. And I feel like with what we're doing here is going to help connect the dots together. That's, and, that's the end yeah. goal. I mean, you know, like you were saying, there's legends that come from Vancouver that people, so many legends, Right, that they don't even know. There are some younger, younger guys who are just unbelievable. They're they're putting out stuff that, man, it it's book worthy, it's print worthy, it's worthy of being on the wall. Um, who are some of the Vancouver people that you'd like to like to mention? I'd say Fred Herzog's one of the great ones for sure. Um, one of the reasons why I love his work is he also went back. To, he went to my country and photographed it on film and honestly that that's one of the reasons why I'm inspired to go back home and photograph it because of him like I 
I was like, dang, like this guy came, like he's not from the Philippines, but yet when he photographed it, it looks so freaking amazing. I'm like, whoa, I should do that myself. And and also I got a bunch of buddies like uh, um, A, it's photography. He's huge, young kid. We're talking 19 years old. He's got 1.1 million followers on Instagram. That's crazy. It blows my mind, man. Like, I'm like, how in the world did you get this far? <laughs> you know? and, and it's because, like, for me, like, you know, like, we're not different. Like, uh, we're not, like, that far apart age-wise. It's because his generation has learned to, like, his uh, age group has learned to master social media. With me, I'm still trying to freaking figure it out because I'm a mix of both. Like, I grew up with my like you know when I was a baby my mom was still shooting film photos of me and and there wasn't really a lot of digital but these dudes like grew up with the internet and for yeah. me it's kind of crazy you know like, like well put, put it this way to put age in perspective I didn't even have a computer until 1998 <laughs> oh, my internet was dial up and you had to hope nobody picked up the phone so you know, me and social media, as much as I want to figure it out, it's it's so out there for me still that I just do my best. You yeah. know, I don't let people offer advice all the time about, oh, post one photo at the same time every day. But I like four photos that I took. I'm going to post four photos. You know, and I don't know really if that's my, my generation that just, hey, here you go. This is what I did. This is awesome. Enjoy. You know, so um who else, who else is is it kind of someone that's uh up and comer in in Vancouver currently um my uh one of my good friends uh his name is um Marley he works for both photo he's uh shot by nifty on Instagram he's dedicated full street photography film only no digital this guy's on his grits yeah like Marley he just got a four by five camera. Like uh, nobody in my age group has a four by five other than him, like, which is mind blowing. I'm like, yo, you're taking in that route too. I'm like, wow. It's, it, it amazes me to see guys like him do that, you know, like pushing the boundaries of art when it comes to regardless of age, like he's doing what, like now he's got the same camera as Ansel Adams. Like if you wanted to do Ansel Adams type things, he, he could. And that's incredible. Yeah. Um, my friend Shaman, uh, he's not really well known, but his work is stellar. Like I, I tell him every day, like one day, everybody's going to look at your work and regard it. Like, he, I, I am confidently saying, like, he's probably one of the guys that put me on to shooting more film. Like, he, like, when I met him, I was shooting mainly Fuji Digital with a little bit of film, not much. I was doing it just for fun. Like, I had, like, a film camera to, that's had 36 shots and hasn't even been finished in a year. So, like, that's that's kind of, like, how... But when I met him, I took that film camera out, shot the full 36, and then kept doing that every day ever since then and he's got a unique eye especially since his family is in a line of great photographers he's got this uncle from jamaica that would shoot film and digital and he also goes to the u.s and shoots photos of gangsters and 
and even shot photos for um Banksy, which is oh wow. Yeah, yeah. So he comes from a line of greatness for sure. And I have a high regard for him. Um and he feels the same way with me. And honestly, like that's kind of like the essence of having great friends in the art space. Um, another example of a good um street photographer here in Vancouver would be my friend Noah. Uh, Noah T photos. He's just gotten into street photography a year ago. Um and then my buddy Harry Johal, he's a Leica guy. He's killing it with the street photography stuff. He got featured in the Leica page nice. multiple times. I feel like that's like a huge W, like a huge win for him. Like, you know, like seeing local guys just killing it, it just drives me to like keep shooting, man. Like, and so I love what I like. That's why I love shooting street, man. It just introduces and shows you a whole different perspective of the world and i feel like a lot of people tend to um, not appreciate what life has to offer i even shoot little freaking stuff like i this frame it's stuck in my head to this day like i can't wait to grab the negatives from uh, the photo lab and wow like there's a shot i took of a it, it it was in front of my buddy's apartment building and there were these chips like just bur like you know like chips scattered all over the ground there's a pigeon picking on it and there's a one singular heel just on the steps and i was like and the light was just like there's light shadows like light coming down from the sun and I just create this crazy framing and i looked at it, i'm like you know what? i'm a photograph it and I cannot wait to see how that turned out because that's probably one of the photos that kind of um, made the start of my year um, feel pretty good. Um, nice. It's it's cool to it's cool to see that excitement, right? Like the, I feel the same way. I'm a huge street art guy. I uh, I love graffiti. I love I love Banksy's work, um, but I also shoot in a style where I'll walk down an alleyway, and we were talking earlier. Uh, I'll shoot dumpsters. Oh, but yeah. But if, if the scene is right, if the light is right, um, and it, it's moody enough and it looks how it just catches my attention, I'll capture it. Um, That'd be a really cool uh, photo book is just um, about dumpster photography, like photos of dumpsters. That'd be pretty yeah. interesting. That's like some right? next level like fine art stuff because like nobody really photographs uh dumpsters and just seeing the kind of work that like the photos you've taken of dumpsters, i'm like holy shit you made that dumpster look really good <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate it um so so the next question i have uh for you al is um what what's your process for a photo so the reason i'm going to bring this up is because being a newer photographer um I was asked this question and I said, I kind of sat dumbfounded and said, what do you mean? Process. Like, did I plan it? And he's like, well, yeah, yeah. Some, you know, I plan a photo. Sometimes it's two, three months in the making. I want to be there at a certain time for the light, for this, for that. And then when I mentioned to him, like, I don't plan anything. I, I, I'm more of a more of someone who just wanders like spontaneous exactly i don't yeah 
Uh, I shoot usually no more than 15 or 20 photos in a day when I'm out walking. And I don't spend time waiting for light to change. If the light hits, catches my eye, I shoot it. Um, apparently that's not what people do. When people plan stuff, they take the time, they get everything down yeah. to where the light's going to hit at a certain time. What's what's your process? Um, the only time I plan is for clients. But for, when it comes to my personal stuff, I don't. There's no plan. Um, I tend to, all, like when I shoot street photography, I tend to base it off how I feel. So I always make sure to photograph like what feels right to how I feel right now or what catches my eye in a way. I don't necessarily plan it. So for example, like recently I was kind of feeling really down and and like, you know, I've been having a huge dump of men like mental health wise and I went out and shot street and honestly the kind of frames that I took really embodied how I felt like with the RX photos, for example, that photo of the guy in the cafe that I took that a lot of people said that, oh, it looks like a fine art painting, which means a lot. Like that, that's a huge yeah. compliment. And having to hear that from two photographers that I love their work, like my buddy Danny Damien photo from uh, New Orleans and my... Yeah, my friend Matt Soli, like they looked at that photo and commented the same thing. And I'm like, holy shit, that, that feels really good to hear. Like, And the way I photographed that moment was I was walking around commercial drive. I was feeling kind of down and suddenly nighttime. And and usually with 400 speed film, they always say, no, nah, you can't shoot that without a flash at night. Well, guess what? I did. And I like I always love breaking the rules like that. Like for me, like there's no dull time to shoot film. Like if it if it exposes right, it will expose. If it doesn't, then so be it. Doesn't really matter. And I saw this guy, he was writing on his notebook. He was just focused on his notebook. He's like writing on it. And I'm like, dang, he's an older gentleman. Like, I wonder what he's writing. You know, like it kind of made me think, like, hmm. That's like a very interesting subject. And the windows are very humid and kind of created a nice atmosphere. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to photograph him. And I did. And honestly, that's probably one of my favorite photos of the year. That's um, fantastic. I love that story. I'm the same way. Like, I'll just walk and walk. And for me, the walking is a good way to get that mental health that negative mental health out of my system um and i'll walk and you just see something and it could be it could be silly like you know it could be a piece of graffiti or a tag that somebody did but it, everything lines up and you just capture that moment and you have that excitement you're like um you just can't wait to see it you can't wait to remember what brought you to that moment because every photo is like a piece of, it's a sliver of time, it's a piece of history, right? So that moment will never happen again. And you could have been with five, six, seven other people all took the same photo and every single one would have looked different because we all have our own unique way of capturing a scene. That's such a, yeah, that's so true. And I've, had, I've been in 
that situation so many times like i'll be shooting street photography with my friends and we go to the same spot but we photograph it in a whole different way it it's so cool that like you know like being like we're all individuals of different backgrounds and and history and here we are we come together to photograph this one location i feel like beauty to that and that happened recently a few months ago um after the camera um swap meet and commercial me and a bunch of uh, the collective guys we just walked around commercial drive and just um east van as a whole and wow like the kind of photographs we all each took was like all different like there was never the same photo and that's the beauty of having people that don't like you know like obviously like you know with film and digital but I feel like a lot of photographers that shoot um in the in similar locations but in different perspectives like that that shows the kind of potential that that photography as art can provide and I don't think AI can ever change that I don't I don't think AI is ever going to be be an issue as much as people are trying to play it out no because a computer could never replicate what what a, someone's vision is it, it may get close it may look awesome but when you see someone's heart and soul and and passion put into something that that can't be replicated by anything that's fantastic so i, I remember a few months back we were talking about maybe doing some collaboration uh and and some portrait work with you know, based on old movies, you know, like a Scarface scene or, you know, Scar with uh, Al Pacino and Michelle Pfeiffer, they're doing their, in their, in kind of their dress. Um, yeah. A scene from the movie, The Mask, you know, something like that. Um, what, uh, what's your look on collaborations? Like how, how much effort do you put into them? Um, do you, do you enjoy them? Oh, I love collaborations. I feel like that's the best kind of work because you have two heads working on it or three. Um, and that gives, you know, we can brainstorm. And that's the awesome thing about collaborations that you have a group of people you can get together and start building crazy ideas to bring that uh, that vision to to reality. And, you know, like, for example, like I was thinking about that. I was like, you know what? There's a lot of location. Like there's this hotel in US actually. It's like an old style hotel that you can actually rent for photo shoots and my life. Just go, oh. And that's the, you know, like that's the kind of nice thing to do. Is like, you know, there's a lot of different locations here in Vancouver that we can host this shoot in, you know. And I, I like the fact that it seems like um in Vancouver you can always find male female models that are willing to work um costume designers that want to collab makeup artists um just a, gr a big group of people that are willing to come out and kind of put their their stamp on a project um you know there's no money involved it's just for the love of the art you know you share the photos with with the talent um it, it's it's it seems like vancouver is very good for that is that what you're finding as well yeah, there's a lot of people I can work with here. Collaborations here are super easy to do. Um, 
like um soon um this coming i don't know like it's coming friday i'm collaborating with a chinese photographer slash model um she's really good at what she does she's very creative but also she looks really good in front of the camera and i'll be photographing her inside of a japanese convenience store and yeah that's be pretty cool we shoot it all on film and can't wait to see how that turns out nice uh so just just wrapping it up here um how how can people find you on social media what's uh, what's your go-to uh, my social media mainly is uh, on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is at A-L-V-U-L-A-R-I-O, Alvalario. That's what I go with. Um, I have a bunch of platforms too. I have Visco, same username, everything, same username, Lomography. I have my website, same thing uh, as my Instagram username, but with a dot com. So it's pretty straightforward. Fantastic. I'll definitely, uh, we'll add those in the show notes so uh, people can find you. Because, uh, I mean, like I've, like I've told you since we met, man, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of your work. Um, I like I like your, your energy. I like the way you put, put things out there. Uh, I like when I have crazy ideas, I can bounce them off you and you tell me like, dude, that's not crazy. Let's do it. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, you know, any anybody you want to shout out, any anybody you want to say thank you to for supporting you, any anything, just uh, do it here. Uh, thank you to my dad for always uh, watching over me. Uh, thank you to my mom for supporting me and and everything. And uh, yeah, thank you to my friends and family. And yeah, and thank you to you for inviting me here. It, I I really appreciate it. So I can like I love sharing. And talking about my work so yeah episode number one <laughs> uh I'll, oh yeah we'll, we'll be getting together as well we're gonna do uh, a walk and talk street photography session uh capture capture him in his uh natural habitat mm-hmm. um we were talking earlier uh off off record here about maybe making it a, a get together get get a group of people together start start collabing with some other Vancouver creatives uh no matter what your 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 medium is whether you just enjoy shooting with your your cellular phone or wow that just aged me huh cellular phone uh your your cell phone you shoot digitally you shoot film um you want to be in front of the camera you just want to come out with anything like just reach out uh we're we're always available um, you can hit myself up at, at Tyson Martin, uh, and I, I'm horrible with names, so I'll get him to say where you can catch him again. At Alvalario, A-L-V-U-L-A-R-I-O. And, uh, we'll be, we'll be more than happy to, uh, share dates, times, things we're thinking. Um, but yeah, no, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate your insight and your, and your love for this, uh, this crazy art form that we have. And uh, I look forward to uh, seeing what we go. Uh, and like like we mentioned, you'll be uh, you'll be coming in to co-host a few of these, uh, kind of see what we can we can put forward and make happen here in Vancouver. Uh, I don't know if we said that, but we are we are located actually we're located just outside of Vancouver, British Columbia, um, and we are here to to uh, push creativity and artists of any platform. 
So if you are an artist and you'd like to come on and and spread what your art has done for your creativity, your mental health, um, just life in general, uh, reach out. Uh, you can hit me, get me at Tyson at TysonMartin.ca, and I will uh, I will gladly find a time to to send you over the questionnaire, uh, just so we can get a background on you, and then uh, have you on and and chat. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Life of Fights podcast. We hope you enjoyed our chat with today's guest, Alfonso Villion. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Your feedback helps us continue to bring you content and the stories of our incredible guests. And remember to stay connected with us on all social media platforms. It is at L-I-F-E period O-F period P-H-Y-S at life period of period FICE and discover even more stories from the community over competition movement. Thanks for listening and have a great day.